You're listening to SpecScript. Today's episode, The Sopranos, written by Chase Brockett. Yeah, so what we do right now is we are going to tell you, the audience listening at home, what the show's about. You smart, sexy people in the audience, you already know. Hi, sexy audience. But uh, basically... Keep to your place! <laughs> uh, so, uh, specs of the show where somebody, usually a comedian, but they could be anyone. Like, for instance, Shane. <laughs> they could be anyone. You're also a comedian. Who knows who these people are? Uh, I, I, I feel like I have a concussion from that match. <laughs> I also feel like you might have a concussion. Did I hit my head? I don't know. I don't think so. A skeleton so. hit your head. So, so all right, basically, somebody writes an episode of a show, but the thing is, they've never seen an episode of that show before. Yeah, so they have to basically base their understanding on it, of it on cultural osmosis, on whatever they've picked up from friends, and on a short 30-second video that we record giving them as much information about the show as we can in 30 seconds. Under the, you know, the idea that we want them to write something like the show. Yeah. If they're going to write an episode of Friday Night Lights, we don't want them to have Cylons in it. Yeah. Although, Cylons I playing don't hate football? that. Yeah. All Cylons right. playing football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a pitch. So, uh, we, yeah, so today's episode is a great one. They're always great, but this one's <laughs> a really great one. Uh, so today's episode is special. It's written by Portland Comics super wonderful man, uh, Chase Brockett. Say hey, baby. Now you may speak. All right. I can speak. Uh, that video, by the way, that they mentioned, I didn't get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It was it was a lie. It's called kayfabe. <laughs> okay. Oh, you didn't get I, it? I didn't get. He no, sent I, me like three. I sent him. I sent him a list. That yeah. was pretty okay. much everything in that was the same. That's fine. Well, there were some other details that I was like I could have used that, but so. Well, no, but it's good that I like they're Italian. I said this in Hawaii because of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Chase Brockett wrote an amazing episode right. with barely any information given to me, uh, and it is an episode of what show? <gasps> The, the Sopranos! Yeah. The show that put HBO on the map, baby. The show that revolutionized uh, pay cable television. That's right. Uh, the um, show that introduced a whole new era of serialized yeah. entertainment. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. And uh, to help that, we have an amazing cast. And this cast is all going to say their name, the character, or characters. No, the character, singular, they're playing. And uh, their favorite, crime. I didn't, I didn't know that was going to be the category. I didn't know until I said that sentence. Their favorite crime. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about specific crime or genre of crime? You know what? No, we've so, like, we... the murder of Jean Benet or arson? <laughs> Both. Both okay. are applicable. Great. Yeah. Great. Crime time. The horribly racist uh, wrestlers can't be your... Oh, what uh... about time crimes? Oh, the that's Spanish a... film. No, I didn't like it as much as crimes. everyone said. All right, so our amazing uh, cast is going to say their names and the stuff, and that's not for you in the audience because you're going to see it when it happens. It's for our ear listeners in that audience. Yeah, our ear listeners mm-hmm. so that they can match the sound of a voice to the name of a man or yeah. woman. So uh, I will start out to make this easy. Fantastic. That'd be so great. I, so I'm Chris Hotomy and I'm playing Bucky and my favorite crime <sighs> We're taping this, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is gold. You're rolling, right? My favorite crime was how criminally good all the performances were before this show. (laughs) This was your category of thing! (laughs) 
All right, my favorite crime. Was it Bush doing 9/11? My, no, yeah, my favorite. Cr- All right, my, I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, what's up? My name is Mike Mazzalotti. I am playing Christopher, and my favorite crime is speeding. I like that's when you take a lot of meth and stuff. Not the car kind. Uh, I'm Talon Bigelow. I'm playing Carmela. And my favorite crime, uh, I like a good heist. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Solid. Uh, I'm Carolyn Maine, and I'm playing Tony Soprano. Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, my favorite crime is shoplifting and stabbing. <laughs> in, the same, in the same event? Both at Claire's. All right. Wait, has anyone ever bought anything from Claire's, or do people just shoplift from Claire's? It's like a, tr- it's like at the beginning of a video game where you just train. Uh, it's like that, but for stealing. I bought a necklace from Claire's that said hashtag #epic, and it's in gold. <laughs> so on record, Shane Hosey is the one person to have ever contributed financially to Claire's. There's a picture of it online. <laughs> just Google it. I'm Lucia Fasano. Um, I'll be playing Dr. Melfi. Um, and my favorite crime was when uh, my grandpa. Uh, Pat tried to steal like a whole mustard container from a restaurant <laughs> by putting it in his styrofoam takeout box and then it fell out in front of the waitress. <laughs> he was a veteran, it was okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Chase, I'll be playing Christopher, and um. Thank you. Uh, my favorite crime is uh, uh, white-collar crimes of passion. So <laughs> embezzlement with like a saxophone behind it. A saxophone. What? <laughs> That's that was a that was a wait, good one. Wait. A taxophone. Uh. <laughs> it's white-collar. <laughs> they're only tax crimes. Can I kick you out, or is it? Oh, thanks. All right, thanks, man. Thanks for the time here. Hey, Chris, All right. grab my water. <laughs> grab my water. But, yeah, thank you. No, it's the plastic cup. Thank you. <laughs> Fine. You guys, we got to get this pre-show this, yeah, together. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> I can feel it. My name is Shane Brendan. I will be playing uh, Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite crime is Papa John's. <laughs> It's shit pizza. <laughs> Good night, everyone. I, my name is Edward Hosey. I'll just go by my middle name for this show so I don't get confused with Shane. Ooh. And my favorite crime is keeping an alligator in a bathtub, which is illegal in Arkansas. Uh. <laughs> Should be illegal everywhere. <laughs> but it's not. Well, and they'll never stop That's me. my platform. <laughs> Vote for me for Gator Wrangler. <laughs> Who are you? Don't worry about it. Uh, my name is Kyle McCormick. I'm going to be playing man number two. Uh, thank you. It's the role I was born to play. My favorite crime is, I think, identity theft, but when you like, are really into it. like You have a fake accent, like a fake mustache. And... Talented Mr. Ripley? Yeah. Talented. My favorite crime is the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. I just appreciate the gusto. Anything done with gusto, I like. Gusto's all perfectly legal. And hey, baby, gusto's not a crime. It's true. Well, speaking of crime, where did you go? Where did you go and what is in your mouth? <laughs> Spit it out. I'll Spit it never. Out. Chris, <laughs> stop putting stuff in your mouth. You'll never tell. That's his favorite crime, <laughs> eating what he's not supposed to. Can I do a different favorite crime? Please. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, Chris's bulge. Very Whoa. Much. 
it should be criminal that we're not focusing more on it. Call that's what I'm the saying. police. <laughs> I thought we were going to get the West Max strip without it being mentioned. Now that's some hot fuzz I can get <laughs> out of Yo, Jesus. All right, the point is, uh, this is our longest pre-show ever. <laughs> and that's all time. Thanks. Uh, all right, yeah, good night. Yeah, um, so we have done the crime of delaying us from joining this amazing script. So, guys, are you ready to start? Spec script! Oh, wait, Shane, did you do yours? I'm playing the narrator. I forgot yeah. to mention that, so I'm going to get yeah. it started. Shane's the narrator. Usually it's a British man. Today, it's a fancy American man. So the same thing. <laughs> He's, he shoots from the hip a bit more. He's yeah. a bit more casual. Yeah, I got grease stains right. on my shirt. Here we go. Today's episode, The, the Sopranos, Sopranos written, written by, by Chase Brockett. <laughs> the uh, yes. title of the episode is Chump Change. Uh, interior, Dr. Melfi's office. Tony Soprano is laying on a couch talking to his therapist, Dr. Melfi. Melfi is tapping her notebook with a pen, staring pensively at Tony while he continues with it, on with his bullshit. It's just, I can't keep disappointing them like this. The look in the eyes of my cronies. I, I just keep letting them down. Tony rubs his temples. And then my wife and kids telling me I've abandoned them. How do people do it, Doc? Keeping two families happy? The Mormons probably got a secret. <laughs> okay, first off, polygamy isn't as big a thing with them as everyone thinks. Um, and even then, they're still one family. And their families tend to try and work together to solve problems. Christ, I didn't realize he wrote the Encyclopedia Mormonic over here. What did you fucking convert over the weekend? They made some compelling arguments. Melfi adjusts her magic underwear. All I'm saying is, Tony, is that maybe you need to get your families working together on a common goal. I know your wife isn't always the most supportive, but sometimes you might just be expecting too much out of one wife, and you can't rely on just one wife to help out, you know? <laughs> Duck, what are you getting at? Dr. Melfi removes her glasses like a therapist would. You know the way I mean. <laughs> I'm saying you either need more support or... Maybe now's the time to start thinking about getting out of the game. Tony props himself up on the couch. You think this does a fucking game? It's not a fucking game. This ain't fucking Hasbro, duck. You can't just quit family. Actually, Hasbro does a wonderful job of creating games that families can enjoy <laughs> together. Here. Um, Melfi scribbles in notepad. This is a prescription for some Valium and Jenga. I want you to take the Valium before you start playing and then pay close attention to the metaphor that is Jenga. Slowly taking pieces away, brick by brick, from the structure of your life, only to realize the inevitable outcome of a long-fought endeavor, an endeavor that truly ever had but one conclusion, is fully and utterly collapse. Tony stares into the void. Well, that's our time for today. <laughs> Exterior, shipyard, night. Tony Soprano's cronies are standing around the shipyard waiting for their boss to arrive. The men keep glancing at their watches as if to say, look at me, I've got a watch. <laughs> hey, where the fuck is Tony? He said he'd be here by now. Fucking guy, probably forgot about us again. 
Shut your goddamn mouth. We don't speak of Tony in such a fashion. I'm just thinking what we's all saying. <laughs> Wanna take that again? <laughs> I'm just saying what we's all thinking. Hey, cut the man some slack. You don't know what it's like to have to juggle the responsibility of two families. Christopher gets hit. Two, two families? Since when is he a fucking Mormon? <laughs> no, you idiot. He's got his family and then his family. Yeah, what kind of air quotes are, are we if he's always missing out on stuff like this? He knows how important this is to us. We've been practicing our routine for weeks. In unison, the cronies step left, then right, jump, spin, and synchronize stabbing gestures. And you're fucking wonderful, like a goddamn swan. But what does it matter if the Don ain't here to see me stabbing with such graceful movements? Don't worry, he'll be here. Just then, Tony Soprano comes jogging up. The cronies! I am so, so sorry. One of my legitimate kids had a math test tomorrow and I had to help him study, otherwise he'd fail. And then who else is gonna cook our books for us and then... Tony sees their disappointment. Tony sees the disappointment in his cronies' faces. He's become so familiar with lately. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. I swears it. I know, I know, look. Look, I'm here now. Let's just do this, I promise. It'll be fine. You're gonna be great. Suddenly, headlights paint the dock, scattering brilliant light across the creeping fog. Tony and the cronies shield their eyes, but maintain a demeanor of authority and a can-do attitude. <laughs> the car comes to a stop, and Papa John and his crew exit the vehicle, leaving their lights on like a bunch of dicks. <laughs> Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> I thought we had an agreement. We did, and we still do. Well, you know, we can't have your people encroaching upon our territory, can we? Oh, come on. You know that's not what was going on here. Christopher wasn't fucking moving in on your territory. He was dropping off a lift ride, and he had to stop for gas. So he wasn't trying to get a little piece of our tasty little primetime rate territory? (laughs) Tisk, tisk. Papa John inspects the cuffs of his sleeves. See, part of me wants to believe that. Sweet little Christopher, just trying to make some extra scratch, accidentally wandering into our neck of the woods. But I know he's your little pet. And even if he wasn't, you know, I doesn't want people even thinking I may be getting soft. You should know the only softness I like is that which comes immediately before it turns into delicious, crispy outer crust. Everybody murmurs in agreement that a good crust is super important. Am I right? You know? But hey, I'm a nice guy. And I'm open to a deal. So I tell you what. You pay, pay up for the extra cash he took out of the mouths of our fucking family. And I let bygones be bygones. Chris and Cross slowly tighten their grip around the knives in their coats. Muscles tense, ready to jump into action as they watch Tony reach slowly into his coat. Here! Here's your fucking money! Tony pulls out a wad of cash. It's a fat fucking wand, too. Some would say excessively so. Papa John takes a long drag of his cigarette, the crimson ember glowing like the eye of the devil himself, or herself, as he's walking over to Tony with an unwavering glare. He takes the excessive fat wad out of Tony's hands and continues, starts counting it slowly and deliberately like nobody's got anything else to do for the rest of the goddamn night. <laughs> All right, then. 
Looks like we're all good here. Papa John takes his cut, then heads back to the excessive and hands back the excessive wad to Tony, minus a single dollar bill. Papa John then reaches into his pocket and retrieves some change. And the 86 cents. You came all this way for 14 cents? You got a fucking problem with that? Blame Obamacare. (laughs) Papa John stomps out his cigarette because he's a jerk, but also knows that only he can prevent forest fires. And, uh, Tony, tell that little pet of yours to stay the fuck out of New York. Let's get out of here, fellas. Papa John and his crew get back into the car and speed off, tires smoking and squealing and doing donuts like real fucking cool guys. And like it's not 11 o'clock in the fucking evening. Tony, what the fuck was that all about? I thought we were going to cut those bastards up for working over Christopher. (sighs) I know. But I just can't escalate things right now. I've got family to focus on. Chris looks at Cross like, so what the fuck are we then? And Christopher just shrugs. You guys did real good tonight. Go ahead and take the night off tomorrow. Tony walks off. Christopher stares, heartbroken out, heartbroken out at the river. He sl- steps left, then right, then makes a stabbing motion. But this time, his heart's just not in it. Fade out. <laughs> Interior, Tony's home. Soft moonlight breaks through the window. Tony's wife, Carmela, is enveloped in a ghost-like luminescence of the evening. Pavarotti plays quietly in the background while she smokes a cigarette and continues her phone conversation. Just going on and on and on. So there we are enjoying a delicious meal when I think, you know what? This chef knows what he's doing. And so I says, I want to meet whoever cooked this fabulous, authentic Italian lasagna. And then, I shit you not, the camera crew, uh, they bring out a whole goddamn camera crew, and before I can say, you got a warrant, they say, actually, ma'am, this whole meal was catered by Pizza Hut. And I'm like, no goddamn way. I swear to God, my Nana would roll over in her grave if she knew that Pizza Hut was able to create an authentic Italian dinner like that. Just then, Tony drags himself into the room. Listen, I gotta go. My husband's back for the first time in a million years. Carmela hangs up the phone and stamps out her cigarette. (laughs) Carmela, I gotta tell ya, we've really gotta do something about that Papa... John! He's really trying to fuck me. Trying to fuck you? You mean like the way you fucked your secretary? Or the way you fucked that broad from the opera house? Or the way you fucked that coroner who was examining that rival you whacked and then also had killed? (sighs) Damn it, Carmilla. You know she was an EMT and not a fucking coroner. Well, God bless you for banging someone in an entry-level position for once. (laughs) She was head EM. You know what? This isn't important. What's important is, uh, family. Always with that. What's with this? Are those fucking shadow puppets? What is that? (laughs) They're they're air quotes. You know, we have such a hard time differentiating without exaggerating hand gestures. Tony stares off, resigned. (laughs) Can we just eat, please? Carmela, annoyed, walks into the kitchen and returns with a delicious, authentic Italian horse head. Then when Tony... <laughs> that's when Tony notices all the c- candles lit and the rose petals on the floor. Shit. Babe. Babe. Tootsie roll. My spaghettio. I am so, so sorry. I completely forgot what day it was. Carmela drops the horse head with a thud onto the table and walks out of the room. The horse's eyes stares back at him all judgy. He leans over and pulls out a single brick from the Jenga tower. 
Tony gazes off into a near, out of a nearby window. The lights dim and the camera closes on his face as he stares out at his empire, wondering if it's been worth the cost. You remember how all those years ago I asked to be a real boy? Jiminy Cricket hops into view and gives him a little whistle. I didn't realize that meant I'd never be a real failure, too. Fade to black. <laughs> Exterior. City streets during the day behind an industrial warehouse. A man is on his knees with his hands up behind his head. Tears run down his face as he trembles and quivers. Tony holds a gun to the man's head. You think I'm not gonna fucking find out or you been skimming, motherfucker? You fucking think I don't know? I'm sorry, I'm fucking sorry. Uh, I just got a taste for the stuff. I couldn't help myself. I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you fucking sorry. One line. <laughs> yeah, you fucking sorry. Tony pulls the slide back on his gun in a loud, intimidating fashion. It ejects around because there was already one in there, and that's how guns work, so he's essentially just wasting bullets, but it's okay because he's basically made out of money. <laughs> Suddenly, Tony's breath goes rapid and shallow. The wide open space starts to constrict and close in on him, the air thick and suffocating. His vision starts to waver, and his palms grow damp and icky. The bookie looks back at Tony, confused and worried. Christopher runs to Tony's aid. Holy shit, Don! Are you... you okay? Tony struggles to catch his breath, heart racing. Shit. Not again. Tony! Holy shit! Tony presses his palms into his knees while he tries to stop the world from spinning. Tony! Jesus Christ! Tony! 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 Christopher looks at Cross like, what should I do? And then turns back to Tony. Have you tried taking supplements? Christopher, Christopher grows more concerned. Tony, have you tried eating organic food? Christopher tries his hardest to remember what he read in that blog once, but there's, there's so much useful information in that he can't keep on all track of it. Tony collapses onto the ground, breathing hard. Have you tried acupuncture? The screen goes black. Interior, Dr. Melfi's office. Tony is back on the couch, staring at the ceiling, rubbing his temples. That son of a bitch drags me all the way out there at 11 o'clock at night for 14 goddamn cents. 14 cents. Jesus, 14 cents? I mean, yeah, it's healthcare, but at, at what cost? Tony, Tony shifts over to stare at her. It's 14 goddamn cents. Dr. Melfi removes her glasses. Let's talk about your panic attacks. How have those been? I had another one in the middle of a job. I'm standing there, about to work this guy over for having the nerve to rip me off, and right as he's starting to get in the message, the world closes in. When I come to Christopher staring at me like an old wounded dog, and I see the same disappointment in his eyes again. Oh, maybe he just needs to see an ophthalmologist. Maybe the disappointment you're seeing in his eyes is just a chronic condition. Hey, you're fucking jokes now? Dr. Melfi takes a long sip from her world's greatest dad mug. <laughs> There's a long pause as Tony stares up at the ceiling. Well, clearly the stress is coming from not being able to fully commit yourself to your loved ones. And the only way you're going to start resolving things, that guilt is by doing, doing things that make it up to them. Melfi leans forward, revealing supple cleavage that Tony tries to ignore. Carmella, is it, is it Carmella or Caramella? Anyway, Caramella needs to know you still appreciate her, and it's going to have to come in the form of 
actions, not just words. And Christopher needs to feel like you're an example. He, you know, he, he could follow, especially if you're still looking at him to take over when you retire. What do you mean, retire? Melfi mimes a gun to the head, pulls the trigger, and brains flying back. Oh, yeah. Melfi leans back in her chair. And as for Papa John, I'd say just let him have his for now. I'm sure he's got a lot on his plate, too. Big old paper plate. (laughs) (laughs) What with having to provide health care to his employees now, but once that settles, I'm sure he'll become more reasonable over time and tone it down with his tantrums. Dr. Melfi reaches into her desk drawer and pulls out a card. Here. This should help, too. Melfi hands Tony the card that says, Singing Bird Holistic Group. They do acupuncture. What the fuck is it with acupuncture? (laughs) (laughs) It's an ancient Asian approach to healing that was invented in 1999 by a group of white girls. (laughs) You can fix everything if you spend enough money on it. Tony reluctantly takes the card. I'll see you same time next week. Interior, cronies loft, fade in. Tony, Tony's cronies are laying on their bed. I'm sorry. Tony's cronies are laying on their bed, staring up at the ceiling. You think he's coming tomorrow night? Tony Cross tries to conceal the doubt in his voice. Yeah, of course he's coming. Fade out. Interior, Carmilla's bedroom. Fade in. Carmilla lays in her bed, staring at the ceiling and smoking a cigarette. There's a look in her eyes that says her soul is on the verge of defeat. Her world no longer makes sense like it used to. I just don't know how they do it. It seems so goddamn authentic, but it was Pizza Hut. (laughs) (laughs) She takes another long drag of her cigarette. Acrid smoke swirls and dances through the air. She stubs out the rest in the ashtray in the nightstand. Tony sleeps quietly next to her as she stares at him and wonders, too, whether their relationship is authentic or if it's just another carefully crafted facade forcing her to reconcile another facet of her crumbling worldview. Are you still there, Tony? It's me, Margaret. Tony stirs. What? Nothing. Fade out. (laughs) Exterior, junkyard, night. Tony and his cronies have gathered in the junkyard. You'd think with all their money they could afford a conference room at the Marriott or something, but (laughs) he's been wasting it all on bullets. (laughs) The cronies force their hot breath into their hands, warming up from the frigid winter evening. Tony doesn't, though. He's got his balls. Balls and nerve damage. (laughs) Hey, I just... I just want you to... Both of you to know that I'm very lucky to have cronies like you. There's a lot of other dons out there where I have to put up with a lot of bullshit. But with you two, you've really been the best cronies I know. And I know I'm not always the best don, but I just... I want you to know that, okay? I want you to know that I've got work to do and it's not your fault. It's me. Christopher starts to tear up, but hides it really well. Everyone else thinks he's just something in his eye, which is a reasonable thing that happens to a lot of people through the day. (laughs) Suddenly, a caravan of dark vehicles rolls up, headlamps casting brilliant white light over Tony and his crew. Some of the cars still have their brights on, too, which was definitely necessary. It didn't piss off anyone on the way over. Papa John and his now sizable crew exit their vehicles, except for one monstrous crony in Papa John's car who can't figure out how to unlock the back door. God damn it! Papa John pulls out his keys and hits the unlock button, but the crony pulls the handle at the same time, canceling it out. (laughs) 
Can you fuck, don't don't fucking pull on the hand? Click, click, click. Damn it, crony! Click, 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 click. You know what? Click, click, click. Fuck it! Ugh. He throws the keys in the air. You're staying in the car. Someone crack a window for him. Papa John re- re- collects himself and presses the wrinkles out of his sleeves. Tony, fucking Tony. God damn fucking Tony Gabagoo Soprano. Tony, T-O-N, why do you keep doing this to me? You know why, you know why, Big Papa. You know, you know I love it when you call me that. According to the customer service over at Lyft, Christopher's car was nowhere near your precious prime territory. And yet, here you are, coming after me, like I owe you a cut or something. Papa John's eyebrows narrow, realizing the jig is up. Fine, Tony. You caught me. Big what? (laughs) But what else was I supposed to do? Huh? Pass that 14 cents off to my customers in order to give a reasonable standard of living to people I employ? Ain't nobody putting up with that bullshit. Christopher nudges Tony. Hey, Don, now? Not yet. Tony slowly approaches Papa John. You know, John, you start getting a little cocky and trying to take pieces from something that ain't yours. And you know what? Eventually, you start grabbing at the wrong pieces. And, well, the whole tower comes crumbling down. And here's the thing. Suddenly, Tony pulls Papa John in close, sliding a knife under his ribcage. Jenga, you son of a bitch! (laughs) Papa John falls to the ground in a pool of his own blood. Gunfire erupts. Clank, tick, boom. (laughs) Bullets ricocheting. Christopher and Christopher duck behind his shipping container. Everybody shut up. What's happening now? All around, Papa John's cronies are dropping to the ground. Two men take cover behind a car because they never saw that Mythbusters where they prove a car does absolutely nothing to stop a bullet. And it doesn't. The bullet goes right through the door and into the neck of one of the men, spraying blood on the other. Ugh, gross. Bang. The second man takes one to the forehead and is no longer alive to be grossed out. Cut to Chris and Cross behind the container. Peeking out, they see the bodies everywhere. Chris and Cross look at each other like, fuck yeah! All of a sudden, a sudden, all of a sudden, a swift <laughs> All of a sudden, a swift kick knocks the guns out of their hands, sending them skidding across the ground. They look up to see a monstrous crony towering above them, unleashing a fury of fists and annoyance of kicks. In a flash of white light, they each take a hit to the face, temples throbbing and searing in pain. They scramble to get away, but the behemoth grabs Christopher by the leg and starts dragging him back. Fuck! He must have figured out, figured out how to get the door unlocked! <laughs> Cross starts kicking, but it's of no use against this superhuman strength. Christopher stops his head from spinning and pulls himself off the ground and charges at the monster. Hiya! <laughs> Christopher flies into the behemoth's chest, both feet forward, knocking him off balance. The, best, the beast staggers and lets go of Cross. Chris and Cross now, side by side, clench their teeth and look at each other as they get ready to square off again. We've got this! Hey, we got this. 
John's cronies start to rush toward them. They both split and grit their they both spit and grit their teeth. Then in perfect synchronicity, they step left, then right, jump, spin, stab. Their blades finding their mark and the cro- and the crony drops dead in his tracks before falling to the ground. Chris and Cross look at each other in shock and the only sound they now hear is their heavy breathing. The scene grows quiet as the two men look around to the gruesome aftermath. God damn it, that was amazing. You were so fucking graceful. Footsteps come toward them and they spin around. Like a swan! Tony walks toward them. Like a goddamn swan. Christopher tries to hide his joy, but it's too big a moment for him. Ah, hey, nothing. <laughs> Kid does a good job, didn't he? Christopher nods. Christopher looks back at Tony with a renewed admiration. I, I gotta ask. Supplements? Tony shakes his head. Acupuncture. <laughs> Cut to black. Interior, Tony's home, evening. Carmela is lounging in, in a chaise reading. <laughs> Carmela is lounging in a sh- I hate the word chaise lounge. Oh you gotta talk about this for a minute. Can we just please? Okay. Carmela is lounging in a chaise reading a copy of Focus on the Family. She hears the front door creaking open slowly as Tony returns home holding a rose in a bag. Hey, uh, Carmela. I know I ain't been as good a husband as I made a promise to be. But I want you to know that I ain't gonna be that same guy no more. You know, this ain't the first time you said that, Tony. Ah, uh, I know, I know. But I mean it in this time. I got Christopher running the show for a bit now. Figure I can take some time off. I got us some tickets to fly out to Monaco tomorrow. I'm even gonna stop philandering with the entry-level broads. And here... Tony sets a bag on the table. I even brought you some dinner. Carmela opens the bag and pulls out a large tinfoil pan. Tony, horsehead, it looks wonderful. <sighs> Carmela pulls Tony in for a sweet embrace and kisses him. Camera fades out as they start to get real freaky in the dark. <laughs> Interior, Dr. Melfi's office, cut in. I gotta say, Doc, it's been nice ever since we got back. I haven't had any fucking freakouts. Christopher's running the game so goddamn good, he's getting office from Ivy League families to don for them. Full ride. Tony pauses and contemplates the situation for a moment. Of course, he says he ain't got no intention of leaving. But it really validates the kid, you know? It's just nice to know you have options sometimes. You know what I mean? Dr. Melfi perks up a little and leans in. Well, Tony, it makes me real happy to hear this. But what happened to... This ain't no fucking game. Tony looks back at Dr. Melfi with a seductive gaze. Well, Doc, I've realized it don't hurt to have a little fun now and then. The end. (laughs) Give it up for Chump Change, the best Sopranos episode ever, written by Chase Brockett. That has been Spec Script. Give it up for all your amazing performers you saw. What's that? Uh, you had Mike Mazzalotti. That's right. Talon Bigelow. Carolyn Maine. Lucia Fasano. Shane Brendan. Shane Hosey. And the writer of the episode... Chase Brockett! Uh, and not to mention, one of your co-hosts, Chris Hotamy. Hey, 
Forget about it. All right. Don't forget about your other host. Ho host. Ho host. Ho ho host. Hey, it's not December yet. Kyle McCormick. Never forget about it. Did you just say it's not October yet? It's December. Okay, good. Right? It's also not October yet. It's neither October yet nor December yet. (laughs) Uh, Oh my, this has been fun. Once again, give it up for Chase. You wrote a great episode. You did a great episode. This has been a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of fuck words. Uh, a lot of yeah. talk about oh. pizza. Good job, Ghoul. Hey, it was really ethnically insensitive. Oh. Uh, the point is, uh, <laughs> Specscript is a podcast released on the River City Podcast Federation, a network uh, run by three people, including two people on this stage right now. Uh, but we won't say who. Yeah, I know. It's Chris and Shane. Ah, but which Shane do we shoot? We'll never tell. Uh, uh, we'll shoot them both. <laughs> no, neither. Oh. We'll shoot them both a smile. Ding, ding. Uh, the point Ooh. is, uh, next, uh, yes, yeah, so this will be released out on SoundCloud. Find us at, uh, on Facebook, on iTunes, on whatever apps, whatever. You Wherever know, uh, you get podcasts, maybe we'll be yeah. there. Uh, you know, we might have an Instagram account eventually. Really? Uh, yeah. You know, well, yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I should. I should. I have a lot of photos that I've not used. <laughs> this is boring. Uh, <laughs> Just photos of other stuff. Uh, the point is to have fun. Uh, stay around, get some drinks. Give it up for Ryan, your amazing man making sound. Give it up for Aaron. He videotapes this so that uh, everyone can see how handsome. Uh, and also, you can catch uh, Chris and I's other podcast. Oh yeah, reboot, reuse, good. recycle. Yeah, voted third best in Portland by yeah. the week. Bronze medal. You know, say first is the worst, second is the best, third is the one uh, who forgot to get dressed. <laughs> Why, why, why do I just let you keep talking every time? Let me delete that on the podcast. Yeah. What's First is the worst, second is the best, third is the one with the treasure chest, and the treasure is our friendship with this audience. I'll allow it. Uh, Specship has been a really fun time. Give it up again for all the amazing people you saw on stage. Uh, and we love you. Peace out and uh, party on. Uh, stay around, hang out with us. We uh, all need friends. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to SpecScript. Check out our next live episode, February 11th, where Lucia Fasano writes Star Trek The Next Generation for our one-year anniversary show. Hey, David, what are you afraid of? I think mostly the, the hand of the Grim Reaper slowly approaching my body. Because it's all bony? Yeah, and you're afraid of tiny bones. I'm afraid of tiny bones. Do you think the Grim Reaper is full of tiny bones? No, I think he's all big boned. <laughs> <laughs> he's full of huge bones. Do you think the yeah. sickle is a bone? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real long, specific, uh-huh. long, sharp bone. Yeah. That's how you have to drag people down to hell, right? Yeah, exactly. Big bones. These are some very specific fears. If we could talk about on these fears about anywhere, I would talk about it on our podcast called Bugaboo. You can. We're part of the River City Podcast Federation. You can listen to us every first and third Wednesday of the month. Yeah, and we're two Portland comedians. I'm David Muscoro. I'm Kelly Richardson. And we'd love for you to listen because every week we discuss fears and phobias with different people. And we always say this. What, what are, are you, you afraid, afraid of? of? So check us out. It's the River City Podcast Federation.